The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, yo! From the Dave Candles Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show you occasionally admit to watching. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting, I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating his 48th birthday today. Happy birthday to Zach Galifianakis. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's Both have one. beards. This is much more magisterial. Both both are humans. Yep. American humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sitting to my right, the baffling fourth down decision to my Frank Reich, our West African Ooh. prince, it is Ishmael Johnson. Hi. Did you watch that? Yes. It was the end of that Colts-Texans game? They were both trying to lose. It was how, Frank Reich was like, oh, you want to lose this game? No, I'm going to lose this game. Like, the only way, for those who don't know, basically, like... Uh, the, the game was careening towards a tie. Right. Careening towards a tie. In fact... Careening is a they, accurate word. They basically... The, the Colts had a tie. Right. In hand. All they're they about, they're about it, to shake hands and say, you if know they what, punt, we both If win. they punt, it's a tie. Right. If they punt, it's a tie. There's no way the Texans are driving back in the field range if they right. punt. And instead, he goes for it on fourth down and basically... In their own win. territory, by like, the way. In their own territory. <laughs> so basically, the only decision... I've been thinking about this a lot. And the only way to do that is basically if you say a tie is not as... it Like... The difference between a tie and a win is larger than the difference between a tie and a loss. And I just yeah, don't think that's the I, case. I don't think that's the case either. Because there's so little upside. Right. And there's well, it's, a mammoth downside. It's also like they weren't at the 45. Yes. Right? They had so much field to go. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't like even, even if they like, convert that, right. they've got like another probably 20 yards to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, today is Monday, October 1st, 2018. Oh, October. Uh, 52 days until Thanksgiving, episode 632, 632, the number of hits for Mark McLemore in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Fox Sports Southwest analyst now. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we're doing it live. We're going to have Monday morning follow-up. We're going to react to the football weekend. Then we'll be joined by the head coach of the Huntsville Hornets. Coach Rodney Southern will join us to talk about their big win over previously unbeaten and largely unchallenged A&M Consolidated. Uh, we will talk with Coach Southern coming up here. In a moment, then back half of the show, we're going to reveal the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees as well as the Army Value School of the Week's Schools of the Week. And then we will round it all out with a nice college football power poll. We'll be joined by Shehan Jayaraja, our college football insider, to discuss everything sad. So we'll get into all that. Um, yesterday I had one of, um, for, the, for only, I believe, the third time in my life, um, I got some sports tears. Oh, man. I had some sports tears. Okay. So yesterday may have been, we don't know yet, he hasn't made an announcement, but yesterday may have been Adrian Beltre's oh, final game. that's right. Um, Adrian Beltre, of course, the future Hall of Fame third baseman for the Texas Rangers. Um, and they did, my, my wife did not understand the whole ceremonial idea of you play four and a half innings, then you go, then you either get on, if you get on base, then you get removed for a pinch hitter, mm-hmm. or pinch runner, rather, or... What happened to him was he, he hit in the bottom of the fourth, or top of the fourth. 
He ran out there at the top of the fifth. He ran out there to his position, and then they, of course, make a very big deal. Max, as you well know, mm-hmm. they make a very big deal out of bringing in a substitute for you. They bring oh, in a, yeah. a replacement. Jurickson yeah. Profile took over. Give you base. your moment. They have to give you the moment because for for as slow as baseball is, it's actually kind of hard to stop. Yep. A game right. yep. like that's kind of the only card you have in your in your sure. in your deck. Uh, but yeah, I'll admit I was watching. Got a little dusty in the room. Mm-hmm. Got a little dusty. Adrian Beltre's been big part of big part of my life, so it was a little dusty. When's the last time you sports cried? Ooh, because sports crying is different than crying. Yeah, it's like it's like the single tear. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes sports. I don't think many people. Maybe you do. Sports sob. Right. Nobody sports sobs. But you go the. Oh boy, piece of your life. Yeah, yeah. You bite the lower lip and stuff yeah. like that. Do you remember the last time you sports cried? Uh, Steve Nash. Steve Nash is uh, his his first game as a Laker because mm. he'd played for the Suns. Mm-hmm. He'd beaten the Lakers in the playoffs. Playoff Lakers have beaten his. I think the Lakers. Last time the Suns made the playoffs, they got eliminated by the Lakers in the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. And so seeing him in a Lakers uniform was like, oh, no. Those are some, that's a different kind of sports tears. Those are bitter sports that's, Well, that's no, like no, bitter... no, because I wasn't bitter about the trade. <laughs> yeah. It was just like... You're just like, this is weird. It was like, he's going to retire after this. Yeah. Like, you realize, like, yeah, that was, like, you know, this was the no, this was his he's, ring chasing. And I it was like, it. oh, I'm I watching see. Steve Nash oh, okay. ring chase. Max, right. when's the last time you sports cried? 2-1 Liverpool, 2014 seemed like Liverpool could win the title at that point <gasps> with the late Coutinho goal. Oh, no. I know, yeah. Mm. And it all. Is it Palace? Uh, no, it was over. Not the Palace, the Palace game is overblown. It was okay. over at that point. Okay. It, it was Chelsea. Oh, had, the, had to, the, the, the slip. The, the slip. Okay. You had to get a draw there and things keep going. Then Palace becomes a problem. But right. Palace, it, it was the math was very simple at that yeah. point. The Palace game was... They were trying to win that game seven to nothing, right. and then ended up losing because they were up three nothing. Right, four, ended, up, three. ended up tying three three, right, or, three three or whatever it was. I don't know. It didn't matter. Right. It just, Once it they gave up a goal, it was over. It yeah. didn't. The minute the minute the goal differential dropped, it right. the the hopeless dream was over. Basically. Yeah. So for uh, people in the comments, let us know about the last time you sports cried. Oh. We wouldn't hear sports crying <laughs> stories. We'll get to those in final thoughts. <laughs> Good lord! Did you see? By the way, we're talking about uh, how weird it is to do it in a baseball game, right? Mm-hmm. To try and have that moment. Yeah. I think the Twins did it best yesterday. That was great. The Joe Maurer thing. Maurer goes out to play catcher, takes one pitch, walks off. Where he hasn't – he hadn't played there in like right. five years. Right, But that was the whole thing with yeah. him for years, obviously. It was, it was just great to uh, you know, switch cool. and, yeah. and, by the way, the, 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 the te- his teammates totally hung him out to dry, too. Because yeah. he yeah. runs out there and yeah. nobody else goes out. He's no. the only one on the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was really, really cool. Yeah. So. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Max, Oops. do you have an air raid siren? I handy? might. Hit it. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend... Quite a bit to overreact to this weekend. Quite a bit. (laughs) Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, the road you travel matters. We talk about this a lot during um, the playoffs when we're trying to figure out, when we're trying to figure out exactly, uh, separate, you know, most playoff games when we get deeper into the playoffs are very tight. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to go based on what you've done in the regular season, who you've beaten on the way, and you, you figure out exactly who these teams are, and, and that kind of becomes your decision maker. But I feel like five weeks in, there's a number of teams that I feel like you can look at and 
point out that maybe they're even better than their record indicates based on the road that they've traveled. Mm-hmm. The one thing that the, the one that jumps to mind for me is is Shiner this yeah. week. Shiner's twenty one twenty win over Goliad is is stupid. That's an out of control win. That's so good. Mart's win over Refurio. I know you guys were down there mm-hmm. at this, and you guys came away buying the buying the Mart hype. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man, uh, <laughs> I. All due respect to everyone in 282. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit like Newton in 382. It was, it good, was un- good luck. It was unfair to watch that split backfield mm-hmm. and realize, like, they can just chip away with you with Chitadric Bailey. And then, mm-hmm. oh, right, they still have Tyree Korn. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, right, they still have a capable quarterback. Yeah. And so, and Martin, like, yeah. the defense yeah. was fast. It was, yeah, it was something to watch. Um, Between them, I mean... Newton, you bring up Newton. They finished their non-district now, which that was basically the one question we had about them was, can they get through non-district unscathed, both from a record perspective and from a health perspective? And the answer to both, one of them is definitely yes. Yep. And from what I understand, the other one is yes as well. <laughs> and they've got an, out, an, an uh, unbelievable um, resume now. In, in, the, in the bigger school ranks, I mean, it, the thing is, now we're into district play, and I feel like the teams at the top are a little bit more separated. But to me, that's one of the things that I, I was struck by is the teams that I really like right now and the teams that I'm very high on are the teams that we know a ton about. And to me, the being 5-0 and o is nice, but if you haven't played anybody, I don't, I, I, I'm still super skeptical. Mm-hmm. Perfect example was Plano East. Plano East was a team I was very skeptical of. I was like, all right, you're undefeated, but who have you really played? Right. I think that's a great win over Prosper. Great win. And now, look, I don't think they're going to beat Allen. But now I think, all right. But they want Allen. Here's a, here's a team that here's a team. <laughs> That's what we heard. Here's they a team that Allen can give apparently. them a run, yeah. right? At Maybe. least give them a challenge. Yeah. And to me, that's something that that I think is worth <laughs> worth mentioning. I think you need to get a little closer than they've gotten over the years before you're ready for them. But yeah. uh, we'll think, see. I'm, I, think, I would love to be proven wrong. I think you're probably right, but yeah. in any case, that's competitive football games are better than blowouts. Thought number two: Everything hurts, and I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about college football, guys. Uh, oh, man. What a weekend, huh? Yeah. Let's start with the reason that everything hurts and I'm dying, and it's um, North Texas losing to Louisiana. But I don't want to talk about oh, it. Yeah. I don't want Guys, all we want so, – so whether or not you believe us when we say this, here's the truth of the matter. We don't actually care who wins college football games in the state of Texas as far as – we don't care if – I don't care who? If Rice, who it is. I don't care who it is. Yeah, I don't care. That's the way to put it. I don't care if Rice goes twelve and out. Right. I don't care if it's Rice. I don't care if it's Tech. I don't care if it's Baylor. I don't care if it's UTSA. Just please, one of you, go Someone twelve and zero in November. I want to care. <laughs> I have been at Dave Campbell's Texas football since two thousand and eleven. Yeah. Essentially, I've never seen a team in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a team in the BCS when it, when it still existed. Um, the best teams I've seen are those those Baylor TCU teams in, mm-hmm. in thirteen fourteen or you know uh, fourteen especially yeah the Johnny A and M teams mm-hmm. past that it's just like unless I'm really forget uh, the Houston, Houston I'm sorry the Houston, Houston the Houston yeah. or, or Orange Bowl team they yeah. made a New Year's six or um Peach Bowl Peach Bowl Peach thank Bowl. you um I don't think of that as a as a New Year's six bowl yeah that's weird. um. The, all I want is one team to capture my interest late in the season. Mm-hmm. 
And unfortunately, I look at the state now, and now that North Texas has a loss, I'm just not sure there is one this year. Yeah, I saw that game. It was really frustrating um, because North Texas jumped out to a 21-6 lead. They probably should have just kept the foot on the gas there, but for some, I will say credit to the Louisiana Tech's mm-hmm. defensive line. They could not block them. Mm-hmm. And Lauren easily going out hurt too. Yeah, Lauren. Well, he was. It was late. It was late. That was late. Okay. And so, which mm-hmm. I think Mason Fine know, playing on one leg for most the last of the couple of drives. Yeah, I think that great. was. Uh, I will say Seth Lachelle was probably more concerned about that than the loss because Mason Fine did not look himself toward the end. Mm-hmm. With you know, obviously he's limping significantly. Lauren easily had to be taken out of the game. He couldn't finish. Um, but even then, like North Texas defensive line couldn't block. Anybody for Louisiana Tech, I think they had five sacks on Mason Fine, took a lot of hits. And even, I mean, considering all that, it shows how good North Texas is that they were still a field goal mm-hmm. away from winning. But yeah, it was, it was really disheartening to watch that game. Now, to be clear, that's not to say there aren't very good teams in the state, right. but even, even the very good teams did not look at this weekend. Yeah. Texas struggled big time with Kansas State, got the win, and that's not nothing, but they struggled. Mm-hmm. AM struggled big time with Arkansas. And that's a red flag for me. That's a big red flag. Nah, man, that game's just weird. TCU strug- it doesn't matter. TCU yeah. struggled with um, with whoosh whoosh whoosh. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I explained that to my wife. I had her watch the video, and she oh, was like, nice. "She's like, what? Story um, County story I just, time." I just want to say this weekend, nothing was Texas State's fault. They were off. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah all right, so uh, UTEP and UTSA was a sadness bowl. Um, Texas Tech lost and maybe lost Alan Bowman to like a very sounds like very scary sounding injury. Yes. Yeah. In any case, everything hurts and I'm dying. And number three, halfway home. It's really hard to believe it, but believe it or not, this is the midpoint of the Texas high school football regular season. Week six. Uh, We're at the midpoint. Um, I don't know that a whole lot has changed at the big school level. Small schools have been a lot of shifting. Mm -hmm. But this is also something that considering we're halfway home, it's worth noting. And I tweeted this today. Um, big, big, big week for buy. Big week for idle. Um, thirty-one point four percent of the UIL teams are off this week. Thirty-one point four. Three hundred and eighty-five teams. Is this the biggest buy week? This of the is the season? biggest buy week. Yeah, okay. Because there's just a lot of teams that are off. Still a bunch of good games. So we'll get into those. But it's just a big, big week for idle. So keep an eye on that. We're All halfway right, home. Then. Three teams to watch. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. Three helmet stickers. There you go. We're going to talk a lot about them, and normally I don't like to give a helmet sticker to a guy who's up for Mr. Texas Football Player but of the Week. come on. The week belongs to Stanford quarterback oh. Peyton Bevel. Good Lord. Oh. A state record 786 yards passing and a state record 12 touchdowns, 789, I'm sorry, yeah. and 12 touchdowns, state record. Say in the score. Their, Say the score. As they hang 90 on Dillion. 90. Oh. He gets a helmet sticker because otherwise we just have to abolish the idea of helmet stickers. <laughs> if you if you break two state records in one game, guess what? Helmet sticker. Helmet sticker. A helmet sticker to Sam Houston State quarterback Ty Brock. Do you see this? College Station's finest. Little old Sam Houston State, who we looked like looked like they were left for dead. I thought that when they lost um when they you know, when they lost to Nickel State last week, I was like, okay, we can be done paying attention to them. They go on the road and beat Central Arkansas in overtime, 34-31, and Ty Brock was great. Threw for 305 yards and a touchdown, ran for another two scores and 73 yards. Ty Brock of Sam Houston State gets a helmet sticker, as does Lamar Consolidated kicker Marco Rodriguez. This guy, I mean, uh, you're going to say, yeah, for a kicker, 
But for a kicker, this kid was great. Yeah. Uh, he bangs through a 51-yard field goal and a 48-yard field goal. He had 17 total points on the night for Lamar Consolidated. Helmet sticker for Marco Rodriguez. Three teams to watch. Alvin Shadow Here they Creek. come. Sharks. Um, Can we just start going? Dunna. They Dunna, they are Dunna. here, guys. First-year varsity Dunna, program. Dunna. We knew they were going to have talent because the Alvin area has tons of talent. But, man, they are. Their big win over Angleton gets your attention. That Dunna, is. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Dunna. I'm going to go out on a limb. Oh, Here we go. Here we go. That's the biggest win in program history. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Shadow Creek's team to watch. Watch out for Texas. The only reason I say this is that now, like, we don't know a Texas that's coming off of a win over, May- over Kansas State and Manhattan. Yeah. We don't know what they are now. Uh, but it, that was, I watched that whole game, and the whole time I kept expecting, here it comes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it because I'm just conditioned that way. Yeah. Yeah. But they came out with the win, and I'll tell you, Sam Ellinger wasn't great all day, but he was great when it mattered. And that's the that's the position you want that team to be in. So a helmets or uh, their team to watch, and uh, watch out for Brownsville Hannah. I don't want to no. say that I called it, but I called it. Man, you're gonna milk this for all it's worth. <laughs> Brownsville Hannah takes down Amarillo Tascosa, um, a game where Matt Step was at. He said that they were grossly outsized by Tascosa, but they played with a fierce defensive front. They ran the ball well. Watch out for Brownsville Hannah. Three teams to worry about. Uh, let's worry about Dillion because they gave up 90 points, and they're two and three now. Yeah. Ugh. This is we thought this was the year, maybe not. I'm worried about TCU now. Um, this offense, uh, is, Iowa State is awesome. This offense is so a problem. I'm not yeah, worried at all. They're fine. Offense is a problem, and I'm worried about Houston Lamar. Houston Lamar loses again. They're two and three um, on the year, and and that's a team we knew with a new coach there could be some struggles. But I'm worried about Houston Lamar. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage. High school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's where our subscription package. Uh, so if you like football and you don't care, who knows? Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Here's what you get. Two magazines. You get the 2018 Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Profile more than 400 prospects around the state. That comes out right after Thanksgiving. You get pre-order for the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. The Bible of Texas Football. This is the one from 1999. Uh, but you'll get the one that says 2019. This will be 20 years old. Um, Look at that. That is a cover. That is a cover. That is a cover. Um, You'll get that one. You can pre-order for that. Don't run around Walmart, H-E-B, Brookshire's left mail directly to you. Subscribers got it a week early last year. You also get uh, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game. Um, That's every week. You get a, week, a season's worth of Tep and Step, our high school football premium insider podcast, where Matt Step and I just nerd out on high school football. The r- reviews are outstanding for that. By which I mean that, like, a guy texted me, hey, I really enjoy Tep and Step. <laughs> um, you also get uh, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and our analyst, Greg Powers. All that for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Not a month. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. I, I would do the math, but 20 divided by 12, whatever that is. That's per month if you want to go monthly. But instead, just buy for the year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline to talk with the head coach of the 3 and one Huntsville Hornets. We are joined by Coach Rodney Southern. Coach, how are you? I'm good. How are things in beautiful Huntsville, Texas? 
They're pretty good today. <laughs> no complaints? No complaints or none that I'll listen to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there there shouldn't be any room for complaining uh, around around your neck of the woods. You guys uh, come away uh, on Friday night with a huge road win uh, to open district play, twenty seven to seven over A and M Consolidated. Uh, I guess first and foremost, uh, what was it that l- was uh, able to get you guys this really critical win in your district? Well, we've played really well on the road. You know, we're three and one, and all three of our victories have come on the road. So, um, you know, our kids uh, are a mature group. We've only got one sophomore on the varsity, and uh, they played really well. And we've played well defensively all year. But, uh, you know, we made several plays in the second half. It kind of took a a 7-7 game to a 27-7 game pretty quick. You know, Coach, I'm glad you brought that up. You mentioned this game was knotted up at 7 at halftime. And, and you know, obviously with a tie game, sure seemed like at everybody, anybody's ball game. What adjustments did you make uh, in the second half? Or, or, or what uh, did you tell your team at halftime that spurred them on to victory? Well, we've played well the second half all year. So it was just a matter of there were a couple opportunities in the first half that uh, we had a chance that we didn't make plays. And, uh you know, we always challenge our defensive kids, especially our down linemen, that, you know, we've got to get sacks, we've got to get quarterback pressures, and, you know, finally we got a, a turnover in a key situation that got us going. And, um, you know, people think you make tons of adjustments at halftime. A lot of times it's just calming kids down and getting them to understand and execute what we'd originally game planned. Uh, we're talking with Rodney Southern, the head coach at Huntsville here on Texas Football Today. Can involve a conversation hashtag TF Today, Coach. Um, I want to go back to maybe a more uh, um, a less pleasant weekend you guys had back on the 14th. Uh, you guys the loss to, to College Station, 20 to seven. But you know you hear from coaches all the time that that you want to make losses, le- you know, lessons. You want to you want to turn them into something positive. Uh, what was it maybe that, that you guys took from that loss to College Station uh, that, that changed, uh, especially considering you had a bye week between then and your win this week? Well, the big thing is, you know, in that game it was 13-7 to and we caused a fumble and picked it up and ran it 60 yards for a touchdown and uh, had an inadvertent whistle call, mm. which – you know, was a was a huge play, but it would have it would have changed the entire complexion of that game. And and our kids also, you know, we're in the district junior high wise with A and M and uh, the Bryan junior highs and the College Station junior highs. So our kids have played A and M and College Station. We also play seven on seven with them uh, in their league every summer. So you know, our kids know a lot of their kids and their kids know a lot of our kids so it, it wasn't necessarily that you know and we knew our schedule was front loaded with some really really good teams and uh you know we felt like we could go into those games and and not only compete but have a chance to win them and uh you know that that fumble recovery which would have changed the game uh probably was a play that we all talked about and of course the kids had a had a good time with it on saturday morning because our defensive coordinator's son's the one that picked up the fumble. So, uh, but I, I think once they realized we could play with those guys, and you know, and we were very successful the week before against PNG. So, you know, it was just a matter of correcting some mistakes and and knowing how important your first district game is, especially you know against a team as good as A and M. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know, you look at the rest of this uh, this district, and I know you don't want to look uh, too far ahead, but but did you guys go into this game uh, thinking, all right, this is probably uh, maybe not for the district title outright, but this will certainly set you guys up in a good position? Well, we always look at, just like probably every head coach does, that, you know, Saturday morning there were going to be four teams that were 1-0 and and four that were 0-1, and, and we didn't want to be in the 0-1 group. Because yeah. if you go behind to start, then, you know, you always feel like as a coach you're having to make up time or make up something. So, uh, you know, and our kids knew because we focused on it because, you know, I've known Lee Fedora for a long time and I know how good a job they do coaching-wise. Uh, we knew if we could get that one, it makes the road from that point on a little bit easier. Uh, defensively, uh, Coach, this um, this team has been really impressive all year long. Uh, you guys have come up with big plays. You know, you hear about bend, don't break. Well, it seems like you guys rarely bend even uh, there. And, and, you know, one of the guys I know that gets a lot of the headlines uh, is, is your outstanding defensive end, Devondre Sweat. Um, uh, for, for folks who may not be familiar with, with his work, I know he's had a big year for you guys so far. What is it about him that, that makes him so special? Well, he's number one. He's experienced. He's he's big and athletic. Uh, he's naturally probably one of the strongest kids and probably one of the best kids we've ever had in our program. But he's a natural pass rusher uh, to be a big kid because T's probably right now two sixty five to two seventy. He's six four and a little bit. So uh, you know he can he can cause a tackle to have to change or or possibly a coach to have to change how you're going to block him. Um, but he's been very consistent all year. You know, he had four sacks the other night in that game, and, you know, he and our other defensive end, Bryson Hayes, kind of changed probably some planning and some hopefully some execution, you know, when they line up. But he's such a good kid. He takes coaching very well. And he's fun to be around. And, of course, you know, when you have one that's committed to Texas or Texas A&M or any of those places, those guys are fun to coach. Yeah, it certainly makes it a lot easier to, to call defensive signals when you get to call for him. Um, you know, on the offensive side, Coach, uh, your, your signal caller, uh, a junior, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Matthew Southern, um, has had a, a pretty, pretty solid start to the year uh, so far. Um, I, I'm interested from your perspective, you know, as a head coach and as a guy who's, who's maybe familiar with him in another way, um, how, would you, how would you assess his play so far? Well, I think Matthew's played well, and, and he's handled the – you know, the pressure of being the starter and obviously being the head coach's kid. Uh, but, you know, I tell people all the time, I've been a head coach 17 years and he just turned 17. So he really doesn't know any different than, you know, being around football and being in a field house or in a locker room. So, uh, you know, I'm the football coach with him and he and I, I get to see him every day. But when we leave the field, you know, we don't talk a lot about football uh, because, you know, he hears enough of that, you know, between practice and people yelling at him from the stands and all the stuff that happens. But I've been really pleased. Uh, he's handled the the situations. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. Now, he sometimes thinks he can stick a ball in a window that's not big enough, and, and he's done that three or four times. But but he is he's thrown the deep ball really well. And uh, and he's managed our offense, and and obviously as a dad, you're always proud of that. 
We're talking with Rodney Southern, the head coach of the Huntsville Hornets here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Coach, one more question for you before we let you go. I know you're very busy, but uh, now you guys move on. You know, that, that wins in the past, and you move on to a team uh, in Cleveland that uh, is, is struggling right now. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's very different from maybe the past couple of teams uh, that you guys have, have played. But as you well know, in this game, anybody can get you on any Friday night. So um, how do you go about making sure your kids have the same motivation uh, for a team like Cleveland that's you know struggling to get its feet underneath it that the, that they're going to need that they would have against a team like A&M consolidated a state ranked team well I, I think the motivation's a little different but at the same time you know the one thing I've always told our team and and I told them Saturday morning that you know we're going to be honest with them and tell them what the situation is mm-hmm. and uh you know Cleveland has struggled in some phases of the game and uh you know, and kids can watch film and tell, and especially with social media and all the access to video now that, you know, they see probably some video that we don't see. So, uh, but you have to also work on yourself. You know, we focus really hard on Monday of practice that, you know, this is about us anyway. It's not about A&M. It's not about Cleveland. It's about us getting better at, you know, the things that we need to do. Uh, and then to go play well on a Friday night because you got to execute regardless of who it is. And, you know, they present a couple things offensively that, that always scare you as a coach. They get in some really odd-looking formations. And, you know, if you mess up and let a guy that's eligible get loose in the secondary or you let a running back get loose, then, you know, you're fighting for your life. So, But we always respect the fact that you know whether a team's struggling or not you got to go physically win the battles you got to win and obviously we need to win uh, and take care of our home field he is rodney southern he is the head coach of the huntsville hornets coach really appreciate your time congratulations again on your big win on friday night and best of luck this week and down the road all right thank you there he goes rodney southern the head coach the huntsville hornets joining us um it's a huge win for them over over Consolidated. I know he he probably won't say it, but I thought that that was that was the district championship there. You know the way that Consolidated and and to score you know twenty seven points on a team like that um, is impressive. It, it, a team that I believe had given up one touchdown all year long from on defense. Um, that's that's impressive stuff. So uh, very very good start to the year for Huntsville, and they should keep on rolling. We appreciate Coach Rodney Southern hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Advocare. Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna, oh my gosh. Almost. It's the old, that's the old sponsor. <clears throat> Let's do it again. In three, two. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas every Monday at noon. That's here and today. TexasFootball.com, that's this website, will announce 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting will close at noon each Friday, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. The Week 5 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award nominees I'm not sure why we're having one. <laughs> Stanford quarterback Peyton Bevel threw for a state record 789 yards and a state record 12 touchdowns on Friday night. And those are your week... Tw- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, 
There are nine other guys, and it is entirely by vote, so get out the vote. Mansfield Lake Ridge quarterback Chandler Rogers threw for 429 yards and four touchdowns, ran for 68 yards. Uh, one of those touchdowns was an absolute dime in the uh, in the final minutes, uh, final minute rather, as Mansfield awesome. Lake Ridge uh, beat DeSoto. Plano Prestonwood quarterback Dylan Cadwallader uh, threw for. 438 yards and four touchdowns and added two touchdowns on the ground. Dallas Skyline quarterback Velton Gardner. This is a huge game. 344 yards and four touchdowns passing, 141 yards and four touchdowns rushing. Pretty nice day at the office. Rockwalk wide receiver Jackson Smith Najigba caught 13 passes for 289 yards and two touchdowns and ran for a touchdown in that big-time game with Longview. Merkel quarterback Jonah White went nuts. 401 yards and eight touchdowns rushing. He threw for 139 yards. He had an interception defensively. He broke up two passes, and he had eight tackles. Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, mushroom. PSJA quarterback Trey Guarado. Guajardo. Guajardo, thank you. Threw for 498 yards and seven touchdowns. Rio Hondo quarterback Josiah Ortega. Threw for 459 yards and four touchdowns and ran for three touchdowns himself. Tom Bean quarterback Bryce Greer, 292 yards and three touchdowns passing, 83 yards and three touchdowns rushing. He added seven tackles and a tackle for loss. And finally, Johnson City athlete Walker Sign ran for 170 yards and three touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown, 13 tackles, and a pass breakup. So those are your Week 5 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Stanford quarterback Peyton Bevel. Uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge quarterback Chandler Rogers, Plano Prestonwood quarterback Dylan Catawalter, Dallas Skyline quarterback Velton Gardner, Rockwall wide receiver Jackson Smith Najigba, Merkel quarterback Jonah White, PSJA quarterback Trey Guajardo. Why can't I say that? Trey Guajardo. A lot of bear traps in this one. I know, I know. Rio Hondo quarterback Josiah Ortega, Tom Bean quarterback Bryce Greer, and Johnson City athlete Walker Sign. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. And if you vote for anyone other than Peyton, you're a cop. <laughs> hey, don't be like that. You can vote for whoever you want. This is a democracy. Kind of. I said what I said. <laughs> Dave Campbell. <laughs> I mean, he did throw for 789 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's okay. Dave <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with the U.S. Army is proud to honor one school from each public school classification with the Army Value School of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of the program have best exemplified the seven Army Values, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. The Week 5 Army Values Schools of the Week. In 6A, Houston Chavez. Deshaun Daniel plunged in for a touchdown and a go-ahead two-point conversion midway through the fourth quarter, and the Lobos' defense stood tall as Chavez took down district rival Houston Westside 29-22. In 5A, El Paso Eastlake. The Falcons kicked a game-winning field goal in the waning seconds to stun El Paso Pebble Hills 30-28. In 4A, Gatesville. The Hornets started hot and leaned on their defense, which came up with a crucial stop late in the game to preserve a thrilling 33-27 win over Lampasas. Speaking of Badger, Badger, Badger. Yeah. In 3A, shallow water, fueled by a masterful all-around effort by Hayden Vanderroost and a crushing defense, the Mustangs moved to 5-0 with a 58-8 thrashing of Brownfield. In 2A, Chico, the Dragons, soared to a 34-14 halftime lead and held on from there, snapping a two-game losing streak and improving to 3-2 with a 46-42 win over Tom Bean. And in 1A, Zephyr, the 
Bulldogs captured the annual Brown County rivalry with a thrilling 55-54 win over state-ranked May. So those are your Week 5 Army Values Schools of the Week. In 5A, Houston Chavez. In 4A, El Paso Eastlake. In 3A, Gatesville. In 2A, Shallow Water. In on uh, 3A, Shallow Water. In 2A, Chico. And in 1A, Zephyr. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com slash School of the Week. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DTTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Through the magic of broadcasting, we have changed the person sitting in this chair. Wow. From Ishmael Johnson to Shehan J. Raja, our college football insider. Hello, Shehan. What's up? How was your weekend? Uh, it was it was real long. It was sad, <laughs> right? They they played better down the stretch. I was in Lubbock this weekend, just in case. Yeah. Uh, people didn't realize. It's nice. It's a very long drive. Didn't you? Let me tell you, because you were you had never been to Lubbock, right? And I told you, I think Lubbock a little bit underrated. I I, th- yeah. I, I thought it was I thought better th- better than you thought it was going to be. I think it was about what I expected. I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Like, I, I, I had reasonable expectations of it, mm-hmm. um, and it lived up to them. There were a lot of nice sort of local places. Mm-hmm. I did stop by Spanky's, get some fried cheese. And? It was good. It was uh-oh, good. uh-oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> Let's fight. It, it, it was... <laughs> was it built up too much? Uh, well, it, it, was mo- it was mostly, uh, you know, fried cheese. You know, it was... It was yes. Yeah. this guy. I mean... Yeah. You what like were you a, expecting? You say it like it's a bad thing. You, you no, say it like it's bad. I, I, it was more like a mozzarella stick. Before Shayhan No, but it's better because it's like this pillowy cloud of wonderful yeah, cheese. Yeah, no, it, yeah. <laughs> before uh, before Shayhan J. Raja digs himself a bigger <laughs> hole... Just put down the shovel, my man, and let's get into our college football power poll, ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. This is an exercise in despair this yes, week. Um, so we will start with the number 12 team, the reigning, defending, undisputed number 12 team in the power poll, which is... And, and easily the, the team of despair, UTEP. Boom. UTEP. I actually watched a fair bit of this game. You know, it's not all bad. UTEP took its first lead, a 7-0 lead, since October 7th, 2017. Jeez, of almost a full year. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And that's just a lead. That's like They didn't yeah. have a 3-0 lead at any point. Wow. So they eventually lose by uh, nine points, I mm-hmm. believe, against UTSA. So they did cover. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. Absolutely true. So uh, so UTEP does cover. They, they do sh- show some signs offensively. Yeah. They, they don't look as terrible as they had looked in some previous weeks, but the losing streak's at 17 games, and it's not getting a whole lot better in, from here. Yeah, I'll just say this. In their defense, yeah. um, in, in their de- defense, I felt like UTEP did look a little bit more competent offensively like they obviously came in with a game plan right. saying we are going we think we can win if we let Kai Loxley cook yeah cuz he carried the ball 24 times right well he carried the ball a lot he actually looked a little bit better as a passer too because god against Tennessee he was awful mm-hmm. just absolutely awful as a passer uh, he showed at least some signs he does look like he's going to be able to physically dominate mm-hmm. at least some of the the conference USA competition which is what I imagine Dana right. Dimmel hoped for, but again, it's just hard to see a win on the schedule. Right. I I, I think you're right. Number eleven, uh, Texas State. They did not lose this week. They did not. Uh, that that's the good news. Um, <laughs> they had a bye this week for people who don't know. Yes. But again, there's just 
at this point, there's not a whole lot of optimism right now. No. Um, again, they play Louisiana Lafayette this week. That's going to be a really tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably another loss. Um, they they didn't do anything to go down, but they didn't yeah. do anything to go up. Number ten on the list is Rice. Ugh. So here's the good news. Yes, the good news is they won the second half. That's true. Ooh. They yeah. won the second half, <laughs> twenty-one to fourteen. Right. Here's the problem. There's a first half. They were down forty-two to three at halftime. It was oh. really bad. Oh, it was really bad. Yeah. Um, this was this was a this was very much a falling back to earth for Sean Stink, Stinkavage. Yeah. Um, yeah. their their quarterback. It's kind of two weeks in a row for him. Honestly. He, I yeah. Mean, it, it's it. He he has looked good. He did not look good in this one. Yeah. I, there's just a lot on him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because. That, that Rice defense is just awful. Mm-hmm. And and granted, I, I said it multiple times last week, Wake Forest is one of the most underrated offenses in the country. Yes. Yeah. So the idea that they gave up 56 points, I mean, that's a lot of points, but that's kind of what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, just not a whole lot there. Um, they did find some momentum in the second half, and that's something that's encouraging. Again, yeah. they went they went to Wake Forest, they had to play a tough road game. The, the the problem is basically like they couldn't get their running game going. Right. Sukba carried less than two yards of carry. Right. They ended up going to yes um, and no. Austin Walter finished Austin, with Austin, 100, Austin 186 Walter, yards. That's the thing, but a lot of that was yeah. garbage. No, for sure, like, for and, sure. And but it's also, something. You're right, and also also Austin Walter's like not there. He's not their number one go to guy. Like in the running game, maybe he should be. Yeah. We can have that. We can yeah. have that argument. Uh, look pretty good. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say he yeah. is. Uh, I, I, I think they, they stopped him. Walter's I mean, they did a lot a more of a home run hitter, yeah. right? Yeah, and right. and Asuka is more of the right first, second, and third down back. Yeah, it, it's valuable that they have both of them. Correct. Yeah, but you're right. The defense is going to be a problem all year long. Yeah. So they're number ten. Number nine on the list is uh, UTSA. They won. Uh, they did win, and that is basically all the nice things I can say about them right now. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they can't run the ball, and yeah, that's like yeah. that's that like they cannot consistently run the ball. Right, the offensive line is just not very good, no. and it did not look good against a bad UTEP defense. Yeah, a really bad front. And, um, and Cordell Grundy did show some things. Uh, you know, something, some things. It's better than no things. And, and you know, honestly, the <laughs> thing is, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo on uh, poo poo on um, on UCSA that much. But like I also thought like the defense would be better. Yeah. And, yeah. Like I thought this I thought this defense had a chance to be like a really like dominant unit that keeps them in a lot of games, and it just hasn't been. It's they, been they brought fun. back a decent amount yeah. too. I mean obviously they lose Davenport, they lose a sure. couple other guys, but they bring back a bunch of their you know, their linebackers obviously. Yeah. Tawaifa, they bring back it's uh, fantastic. Yeah, Daryl Godfrey, they bring back some guys right. that you expect to make plays. And the bottom line is that like this defense has been fine, but it's like okay. we expected them to be like really good and right. while the offense was struggling, it could keep them in games. And right. That just hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. So they are number nine on the power poll. We're talking with Shehan J. Roger, the college football insider here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Get involved with in our conversation, hashtag TF today. Number eight. SMU. They won. They did win. Uh, it was against Houston Baptist, mm-hmm. an FCS opponent. Mm-hmm. They kind of gave up a lot of points to them. They did. Uh, <laughs> they, I watched. I, now, now in, in their defense, a lot of that was in the second half with the game already decided. So yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't want to. But, I mean, basically, Bailey Zappi had a nice game for quarter, their quarterback. Uh, Houston Baptist did. But they, they weren't able. I will say this. 
SMU stopped the run. Yeah. They, Houston Baptist is not a good running team, right. but they did stop the run, and that's an that's a, a sign of life. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Yeah, it's a big step. It, it sure looks like Will Brown's still going to be the starting quarterback, even though mm-hmm. uh, Sonny Dice had his Ben Hicks overtime experience. That Dude, they got they got four they got four quarterbacks in this game. Yeah. They got Upshaw in the game. They got Sackville in the game. They got everyone in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And that's the game that you do it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and I'll tell you, you know, this was a very good – this is a great game for going out there and getting some young guys some, some run. Definitely. Um, I don't think this necessarily changes my opinion of what SMU is. No. This no, is the game that no. we always thought they were probably going to win. Yeah. So <laughs> you take the win, you put a check mark next to it, and you move on. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, a couple weeks ago we thought, hey, is SMU going to get to two yeah. wins? So and that's they did, something. And they did. They so did. Good, good they, they're already at two. Number seven on the power pole is Baylor. Okay, so I think there's like a there's like a glass half full, glass half empty thing about yeah, that. yeah. Well, let's put it this way: the good news, Charlie Brewer is really good. The bad news is they cannot protect Charlie Brewer at all. No, he was sacked six times against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has a decent front, but they don't have that kind of front. No, and uh, let's put it this way: they don't have the best front in the Big Twelve. Oh no! Oh no! And and look, Baylor's still working through some offensive line issues. They've lost the starting left side of their offensive line through the first couple of weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Newman's going to be out a little while. Josh Malin could be back relatively soon. But we kind of see right now why Matt Rule was a little hesitant to go to Jacob Free Morgan, why he was hesitant to go to John Carlo Valentine, who is still coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did kind of see why <laughs> a little early in this game. Uh, Brewer was just getting beaten down. And... and Look, the defense is still an issue. Mm-hmm. Now, Oklahoma is one of the best offenses in the whole country, if not the best, Yeah, it, to be fair. But they gave up seven touchdowns of more than 20 yards. Uh, their average touchdown was 37 yards. I mean, yeah, I mean they gave up. I mean they gave up big plays, and that's what right. that's what OU does. Is they, right. hit, they hit home runs, and and they, that's what Baylor does. Yeah. They give them up. Yeah, they give them up, and so that kind of played out like we kind of thought it would. Uh, but then again. You don't like to get doubled up by anybody. So. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, so they remain number seven on the power pole. Number six, top half. <sighs> TCU. What do we even make of this team now? I am concerned. I'm, a, I'm officially I am concerned. I am too. Um, you know, because losing to Texas, it wasn't great, but okay. But maybe maybe Texas is really good. Yeah, maybe Texas is good. Uh, losing to Ohio State, fine. Yeah, fine. Elite they, they outplayed them. Elite team. Uh, I Again, we sat here after that and right. talked about how I feel like we feel better about TCU coming yeah. out of that game, even with a yeah. loss. The big issue, in the last three games, Sean Robinson has eight turnovers. Ugh. He is... I, I was concerned about him coming into the year because he has so much upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it happen. We, he had so much upside. I was just worried that it was going to be like the super Kenny Hill experience where... There's just these crazy highs, which is like what we saw most of the game against mm-hmm. Ohio State. But then there's those crazy lows. For example, those other three plays against Ohio State. And for a team that kind of prides itself on being low variance, mm. you know, that, that prides itself on we're going to be able to run the ball, we're going to be able to stop people, we're going to do these things well, it's really frustrating to watch TCU and know that they have this one player who just is everywhere. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting. And and this is to me you're right. Is that is that Sean Robinson it, it, this is kind of what we thought we were going to get. Right. Is, is we knew that he was going to be good for one or two giant mistakes right. every game. And some of that is be just being a sophomore. 
but that's also kind of how he's been in in the course of his football career sure, as we've sure. watched him. So for me, like there was, it was tied up at ten, I believe. Yeah, and Sean Robinson threw a pick into triple coverage. Yeah, and Iowa State got the ball back. I think it was tied at fourteen. Tied at fourteen. Thank you. Yeah, tied up at fourteen, and he threw a pick and. For a lot against a lot of teams, don't listen to this, Max. For, against a lot, against a lot of teams, that's ball game, right? If you turn the ball over in the last five minutes and right. they get the ball and they're going to drive down, they're going to kick field goal and the win. And, and the good news is TCU's defense is still really good. TCU's defense is still excellent. They held Zeb Nolan, Iowa State's quarterback, to two point eight yards per pass attempt, which yeah, is no, miserable. That's amazing. That's amazing miserable. defensive, right? And well, it also helped that David Montgomery went out of this game. But at the end, though, it, yeah, it was, it was like last couple yeah. of minutes. But I will say. I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. This uh, proper red flag for me. The big thing that I that I just keep looking at is, man, if they had Kenny Hill, who wasn't great, no, but but if they had 2017 Kenny Hill, there's a good chance they win that Ohio State game, mm-hmm. and there's a decent chance they win that Texas game too. Yep. I just feel like you need a quarterback who's again low variance. That's that's the phrase to me is mm-hmm. low variance. You want a player who won't make mistakes, maybe won't win you games either, but. When you have all those weapons on the outside, do you really need a quarterback who does that? They are number six in the power pole, TCU. Number five. Another team with a bye week, Houston. Beat the beat the tar out of bye. <laughs> right. They were excellent against Idol. Um, now they take on Tulsa on Thursday. Yep. Thursday yep. evening football. Um, be favored in that one. Yeah, they should easily, win. Easily. They should win. Yeah. Um, and if you, they want to prove that they're... Uh, that they're better than their uh, their former head coach, then they can beat them by a lot, right? <laughs> Think about that. Number four on this list is Texas Tech. You saw them in person, yes. Um, look, Will Greer ripped them a new one in the first half. So their defense, first quarter, really. So so here's the stat: in their two losses against Ole Miss, against uh, West Virginia, they've been outscored by a combined fifty-two to fourteen. Boo. You can't spot good no. teams that many points. You just can't. Because they've actually been outscored in, other than the Lamar game, you know, which, whatever, in every other game against an FBS opponent this season, they've been outscored in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're not used to 11 a.m. starts. Yes. It's not like you can that blame that. That is absolutely that. true. You know, they've played pretty much every game has been an 11 a.m. start for mm-hmm. them. Um, which, which, again, talking to Cliff Kingsbury after the game, talking to Dakota Allen after the game, he's like, we thought that was an advantage. Yeah, that we were going to start at 11 a.m. and getting to Lubbock isn't super easy. So West Virginia, you know, they have to go make this crazy cross-country trip. The idea that they come out and they're the team that looks prepared and awake and ready to go. Yeah, not the greatest sign. No, it really wasn't. The other thing is like now the quarterback situation is yeah. once again up in the air. Yeah. Alan Bowman has a partially collapsed lung. Yeah, so it sounds really bad. Yeah, it sounds really really bad. Uh huh. Can confirm. <laughs> does sound really, really bad. Any sort of lung injury does not sound good. I don't think it's going to keep him out as long as people think it will. Um, They said that they felt like they were lucky that he didn't break any ribs. So there's not going to be any complications from Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So I don't... They they were very clear. Do not speculate. Because Mm -hmm. we don't even know right now. It depends on how he responds. Right. But I don't think it's impossible that he would be back for TCU. Hmm. I... I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible either. Very so, interesting. Yeah, it, it's again, it's one of those things where these soft tissue injuries, you just don't know mm-hmm. what exactly is going to happen. And it depends on how his body responds. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid who just got crunched by two mm-hmm. 22-year-old men. Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah. All right, so that is number four on the power pole. Number three. 
<sighs> UNC. UNC. It's tough. It, it. So UNC. Dang it! <laughs> UNC was the better team for most of this game, but just made enough bad plays down the stretch. Mason Fine gets hurt. They kind of start coasting a little bit too mm-hmm. early. And it, it did. It felt like they took their foot off the gas. And, man, Cole Hedlund, their kicker, he's been perfect heading into this game. He misses two late field goals that would have either of them would have won them the game. I mean, now the la- yeah, the last one was blocked, and it so- and, and if you right. watch that replay, the blocking yeah. for yeah. North Texas not was good. not good. Not but good. here's the thing. Yeah. Was it 47-ish, 47-yard field goal? 46. 46. It's asking you, a lot. If you yeah, yeah, yeah. are asking your kicker to right. win the game on a 46-yard field sure. goal, in college, yeah, you have done something wrong the first fifty nine minutes. Sure, of the game. sure. And they didn't protect Mason Fine well. No, um, they didn't run the ball as well as they needed to. Yeah, and the defense gave up some big chunk plays. Now Louisiana Tech's a good team, and I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to crap on Louisiana Tech because I think they're a good team. But like, this, this felt like. They, they, I don't know if North Texas can play worse than they played. No, I mean, everything, everything basically went wrong in the second half. Yeah. I, again, Fine gets hurt. Their running game can't get going. They lose one of their running backs. Uh, their defense just kind of starts coasting. And, and we haven't seen North Texas do this really at any point against any team this no, season. No, we Maybe haven't. It. Like they, yeah, they've, they've never... They've, they've never had to like put their like put their foot on the gas. And, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like whenever they've taken their foot off the gas, they've been up by forty. Right. You know what I mean? Now they did it when and, they were up by like two touchdowns. And, and even in blowout games, they've done a good job of playing for four quarters. Yeah, it's it, it's very disappointing. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I mean, yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Who's number Who's number two? Well, well, the worst part is that UNT is now zero and one in conference USA play. Number two, Texas A&M. Why am I? Why am I bummed out by a win? That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> because we saw Arkansas play UNT yeah. a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's now I do think Arkansas is improving. I want to be are. clear. Are. I think they they're are. getting better. Yeah. But I think if you talked, like I talked to a number of Aggies this mm-hmm, weekend, mm-hmm. and I said, "What do you think of that Arkansas game?" And they were like, "Yay, like we won." <laughs> but like yeah. that's a game. Another game where, boy, if you want to, if you want to sound an alarm for the A and M offense, I'm ready for it. Yeah. That offense yeah. went MIA. They have really played to their opponent's level this season, um, and and that's concerning, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly exactly what Kevin Sumlin was known for. Yeah, was we're going to play the good teams tough, and we're going to pull out moral victories, and then we're not actually going to pick uh, pull out victories against these teams that we should be right. And Arkansas is, well, I guess they have, I don't remember who they have late, but um, but this is probably the second easiest game left on their schedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, now, I mean, especially Kentucky coming to town, and Kentucky is, if you're not familiar with what Kentucky's doing... Kentucky should be favored. The, are they not? I, I haven't seen I haven't seen, seen it. it, but I'll tell you that, like, this is a huge, huge, huge yeah. game suddenly. A game we had at the beginning of the year, everyone oh, goes... Yeah. W. Oh, you pencil yeah. that in. Oh. Now all of a sudden, and and I gotta tell you, if you drop this one, yeah. I mean, then we start talking about six or seven wins instead of seven or eight wins. Yeah, yeah. it's it's tough because you've still got LSU, who's looking great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mississippi Auburn. State looks great. Yeah, Auburn. Uh, well, Mississippi State doesn't look great, but they, they, Mississippi they, State they look better than A and M. Better than A and M right now. Auburn, yes, of course, looms. 
Um, the South Carolina game is looking more and more manageable. So, but, yeah, but here's the yeah. thing: is you're trading that with the Kentucky game, which d- looked like right. Oh, we're done with that. Right. It is very, very. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, yeah. but a win's a win. Over your rival, I wonder if they're going to start moving that game to home and home now. By the way, the crowd was not great. Well, both Arkansas is really bad. I, I think that that's, that's the part bigger thing. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to get concerned about it. And I mean, I, I think that I think that the SEC likes being able to kind of have that spotlight game because it's always in the SPN game too. Mm-hmm. It's at a big stadium. Usually, it sells better. Um, again, I think Anum's what was two and two heading into this game. Arkansas was one and four heading into mm-hmm. this game or one and three heading into this game it it's gonna happen sometimes i i don't think it's gonna change anything hoagie uh hoagie says the aggies are favored by five and a half right now oh i why mm-hmm. we'll see where it is uh yeah Thursday. we'll see where it moves yeah. anyway. oh, man. and the number one team in the power poll is vacant vacant congratulations to vacant <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were talking about this. You were, oh, like, you were talking about how it's hard to rank these teams because somebody's got to be number one. Yeah. Now, look, here's the thing. Number one team is Texas, we should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Texas Longhorns number one. They won. They won. In a place that they do not win. They've only won there once ever. They are, they, they at the, I will say, came out and looked good. Yeah. They looked real good in the first quarter. And I, and I thought, they go up 14 nothing. I go, Boy, like they're just a lot better than Kansas State. They just might blow their doors off. Yeah, and then the rest of the game happened, and it got real squeaky bum time there for old yeah. Tony and the and and, the and weird things happen in Manhattan because there's a lot of pretty dang good Texas teams that went and lost to not very dang good Kansas State teams mm-hmm. in Manhattan. But one offensive touchdown, it, it's just Texas offense does not look good. No. I don't think that they can do anything particularly well because even even in that TCU game, like. Sam Ellinger had some passes that were pretty good, mm-hmm. but a lot of that stuff was field position, too. Well, here's the good news. The good news for Texas is that they get a week off. <laughs> they don't have to play anybody of note this week, and especially not in, like, a giant nationally televised game. Definitely not a team that just scored nine touchdowns. Right. So, anyway, that is the college football power poll with Shehan J. Raja. Number 12, UTEP. Number 11, Texas State. Number 9, Rice. Number 8, UTSA. No, yeah, number nine, UTSA. Number eight, SMU. Number seven, Baylor. Number six, TCU. Number five, Houston. Number four, Texas Tech. Number three, North Texas. Number two, Texas A&M. And number one by default is Texas. I shouldn't say that. Texas Texas has beaten two ranked teams. Yes. Texas has looked, you know, at times yeah. very good. Let's put it this way. I think you and I are both in agreement that if they go beat OU this week, yeah. we have no problem putting them number oh, one. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely not. And look. If not for a couple moments against Maryland, again, this is a top ten team. You're absolutely right. They they they, they gave away a game against Maryland. Yeah, they 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 tried they, like heck to give away a game against sh- Tulsa. They struggled against Tulsa. Yeah, but since then, yeah, they've looked like a top ten team. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, we shouldn't be that. We're just we're in a bad mood. <laughs> we're in a bad mood because of North Texas and because of. TCU looking Sweet bad. A and M kind of scuffle. I don't know. It's just a weird. it's even worse that UNC and then did like that against uh, right in front of Minjo Green. Yeah, and UTSA Rice, North Texas State, and UTEP have us bummed out. SMU too, even though they won. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. yeah. Anyway, that's college football <laughs> power ball. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Uh, Brent Homan, who should know better, and Kyle Camden have high school questions. Bring them Friday. We will answer them. Um, let's see what else. Any question? Any any comments about sports cries? Oh, sports we're getting tears? we're getting there. Don't worry. Good, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Corey Hoke says if you're struggling with, uh, with the big colleges sucking, 
Uh, just follow the call. The small colleges is exclusive. Uh, Commerce lost. Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, oh last week. week. So last week. Week. they won this week. Uh, they, beat, they beat the they beat the breaks off. Purdue A and M though won the State Fair Classic. Son. That is true. So right, so they hang did. in there. Darn right, they did. Uh, two top ten games this week in small colleges. Says Corey uh, Commerce taking mm-hmm. Midwestern mm-hmm. State. They're number nine, number four. Respectively, Every big game this week. <sighs> and uh, number seven, Harden Simmons at yep. number two. Mary Harden Baylor. Every, yeah. every yeah. big game yeah. is this week between yeah. Texas Which OU, between Midwestern State and Commerce, between Harden Simmons yeah. and and, ba- and, um, Mary and Mary Harden Baylor. And let's not forget, by the way, um, that like Kentucky and A&M didn't seem like a big game and now no. it feels like a huge game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a huge week. Baylor it. maybe can pull off a win against Kansas State. We will see. Oh, Where is that game? Is it in Waco? It's in Waco. They should win, right? Win. They're, they're favored. Kansas State's bad. Yeah, they're really I watched bad. a lot of Kansas State this yeah. week, and they're not good. Yeah. 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 Matthew McSpadden says Jones Stadium in El Paso is a great place to watch football. We saw them uh, sending out those pictures. Darn they right. Correct. It's a pretty Darn cool right. place. Yes. Um, R.R. Jones Stadium in El Paso. Max and I went there when we yeah. went out to, um, to Marathon for the big piece in the yeah. story in the magazine. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's dope. It's a top five stadium. Uh yes, it was uh it's pretty cool. Um by the way, we've talked about this before, uh Shahan, but how unfair is it that uh Red River is this week and those two small college games are oh, this week? Oh, I'm very Unbelievable. upset. Unbelievable. I'm I'm really really upset. This was yeah. going to be yeah, this otherwise would have been Commerce Midwestern week. Oh, I, we would have wanted to do Commerce Midwestern. Or, I would have loved to go to UMHB versus uh, yeah. Harden Simmons. I mean yeah. And, and luckily, luckily, Red River is going to be a good game. Attention, American Southwest Conference and Lone Star Conference. Spread these things out. Just, yeah. just don't. I, I want to go to these games. Help me us. out here. Do it for us. Help me out. Uh, Schedule Corey, based on our Corey, Corey Hogue will be at the uh, Commerce Midwestern Ooh, State game. So uh, have we'll, fun, we'll Corey. Have, we'll have someone out there. It'll be a good one. Don't worry. Don't worry. We have... Uh, and then Paul Roberts asks, uh, have you seen the monster hit video from the Denver City game? What's your thoughts of the hit? I think it was a little cheap and unnecessary. I have not seen this. I've not seen it either. This? Well, then we're not going to speculate. But uh, I, was, I did not know if you had seen it. Tweet it to me at Tepper. Yeah. Send it to Tepper on Twitter and uh, I'll we'll, take a look we'll arbitrate it. later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Freddie Davis says, look for a rematch in the playoffs of Deleon versus Stanford. Deleon's going to have to find some points, Deleon's got to find some defense. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that. the, the, the defense is now some officially a concern with the Bearcats. Um, I'll tell you what, though. It was kind of fun driving through West Texas because I just saw all these towns. Like, I know that high school football team. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that there fun? You go. That's, how, that's my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And then uh, Russell Bil- uh, Wilburn says, hey, it's Neil Beasley's birthday. Hey, happy birthday to Neil Beasley. The Bees. The Bees. That's Texas football the today's bees. own. The Bees. The bees. Uh, and Anthony Sil- Anthony Hill says, Tarleton State, exclamation point. And Corey Hogue says, they look good, Anthony. There you go. Good to know. Well done. Yes. Anything else? Nah, we're good. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com for Max Thompson, for Shehan J. Raja, and for Ishmael Johnson. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Vince Young, come pick up your trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.